0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the actor's choice, where the actors and actresses have a chance to talk about themselves and their careers. Join us now for the next hour as we explore the marvelous industry of acting by actors and actresses from today's exciting show business world. And now, direct from Hollywood, here's your host, Ron Brewington. Hi,
1: everybody. I'm Ron Brewington, and welcome to The Actor's Choice. Brought to you by Photography as an Art, Harvey Bramman, Master Photographer, located at 1307 North San Fernando Boulevard, Burbank, California. And Attorney Ron Irwin's book, Haiku, Style, Passion, Heart. And author Larry Buford's book, To the Future, Time travel, message in a capsule, and State Farm agent Carla Green and veteran actor Rob Brownstein's training facility and actor's space. Roland.
2: Deep in the heart of the city, once called Baghdad by the Bay, resides one of the most talented and versatile stars this country has ever produced. Lily Fargate.
0: Who's who's Lily Fargate? Lily Fargate. Um who's Lily Fargate? Well, I think she's like from Tennessee. Or Wisconsin, or some city like that. Vicki, do you even know who you live with? Does any of us know
3: who we are? Really? (laughs) I've done Broadway, television, movies, oh, the whole gamut. (laughs) But fame? Oh, fame is funny, you know.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest of the new year is an actor who came to Hollywood back in the days when Hollywood was not like it is today. He was addicted to an industry, one that gave African Americans a slight nod. Nevertheless, he took on a very challenge to prove them wrong. Now, please welcome, if you will, Michael St. John. Michael? Oh, glad to have you. There (laughs) you are. Hi, Ronnie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) First question. Yeah. Who is Michael St. John? You tell me. <laughs> I have a slight idea. You know, after you come to Hollywood, uh, before you come to Hollywood, you're, you're, you're one person. Mm-hmm. Innocent. You know, the world takes you for granted, et cetera. And uh, when you finally get to Hollywood, it forces you to see the world re- very realistically. Mm-hmm. You know, it has a lot of gold and a lot of other things that shines. But you, once you stay there more than a week, you, the darkness begins to overcome you and the reality of what America is really about as well. Gotcha. So it changes. The little guy from Baptist Church with your grandmother, and you're praying every Sunday and Wednesday, it's quite different than we get to Hollywood because <laughs> then you see avocados and, and trees and things like that you never saw back in Philly or outside of Philly. And your life and your face, and you begin to wonder where are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? But as you progress, and your challenges are confronted, and then you decide, oh, I'll discover it myself. And you don't think about it. You just go along day by day, absorbing things, you know, anxious to shake hands with those who have accomplished and survived. Have I said enough? Please stop me. you know I can <laughs> okay. go on forever. You know? <laughs> okay. Where are you from originally? Morton, Pennsylvania, about 10 miles outside of Philly. Oh, Philly. Yeah. Okay. All right. When did you first get the idea to be an actor? Well, w- when I was about um, see, about 12 years old, mm-hmm. I went to Philadelphia to, uh, uh, to see uh, Anna LaCasta, Rex Ingram, Isabel Cooley was starring in from Broadway, the Way on the road. And I said, I want to do that as well. And so I, it just kept in my mind. And so I started uh, talking with my mom. I said, Mom, I want to take get something, uh, acting lessons. And she said, why? Mm-hmm. You do enough acting at home. You know, <laughs> and I was, I was really insulted, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's how my mother was. My grandmother, you know, she said, give him a chance. So I went back into Philly and took a class at Bessie D. Hicks School there. Right. And uh, they they were amused because I was only about 12 years old. And so, therefore, I just, you know, just went on from there. But I started taking lessons at the at the different schools, at the Hedgehog Theater, and, you know, which is well you known with, you know, with Helen Hayes and all these people I was able to meet. And the more I got involved with acting, then I decided to go into music, etc. by meeting Paul Robinson, Josephine Baker, and Art Tatum, and people like that. I was determined I was not going to be staying in the ghetto type of America and just look and say, oh, it's wonderful. I want to be a part of it and show them I had enough talent. I maybe didn't as much, but I had the dream and the desire, and that's the beginning of your whole life and face, really. Okay. Now, you did have included in your thoughts going on Broadway. Yeah, because I was influenced, because I went to Broadway when I was 13 Mm -hmm. years old, and I decided that I wanted to be a part, I was auditioning for certain shows up there, because people in my community were impressed, you know, Mm -hmm. they thought I could do this and that and that, you know, why not send him to uh, New York? And uh, there are a few people who wanted to uh, accompany me to New York. I said, no, I want to go by myself at 13 <laughs> years old. I thought it was just like going down the street at the corner store, you know. Got to New York, all these buildings, these people, these cars. It was an extraordinary experience, you know. Yes. But, you know, I pretended I was 99 years old. Got you. You know, I had that attitude.
1: So when did you come to Hollywood?
2: Well, after I wrote, the KKK decided they enlightened like me in Indiana, <laughs> Richmond, Indiana, Earlham College, I got a scholarship there, et cetera, and they voted me as the class president in Richmond, Indiana. And that class, you know, they were wonderful, the guys and gals. I was about four, three or four of us, there were blacks in, that, in the, at Earlham College, mm-hmm. and I was voted, and homecoming day, they, I was marching down with my class, and the KKK attacked me, and the class... They threw rocks and all sorts of uh, you know, produce and, and uh, they had all sorts of things, terribly frightening things. Okay. I was uh, 18 years old right. and they um, uh, the guys rushed me back to the campus and the dean hid me in his uh, uh, attic and about uh, to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, the KKK came to the, uh, to the campus and firebombed my room. And so, they, so the dean... He decided to call his buddy at u s c and said, "This is a the situation." They said, "Have him sent here, transfer his well, transfer his scholarships and money there and they put me on the Greyhound bus and packed me and hit me in the back of a truck on campus and got me to the Greyhound bus and I got to l a in the morning, and there were a few people from the campus who met me there and uh, it was. It, that's how life really began for me. A new world, it yeah. wasn't Broadway, because the reason why I wanted to go to Broadway is because I knew it was more opportunity. And I didn't want to say boss. Uh, I didn't have to say boss." <laughs> Hollywood, all I saw was boss." You know, and jo- I mean, Louise Beavers and, uh, and all the black actors that were... They all said it to survive. And I didn't know how to say boss" well, and that's why I had difficulty getting into Carmen Jones with my first film, because they wanted me to say boss," And I said, how do you say that? You know and it was hilarious, and they thought I was kidding, but it was quite a challenge and Nick Stewart from Amos and Andy all pr- Nick protected me yes, they football. protected yes. me you know mm-hmm. I, I ate Athel okay. waters and they gave me jobs, but I knew I appeared with her as well gotcha. had a fight with her on stage, but that's okay I understand I
1: understand that you started to move around Tinsel Town, and I yeah. understand that you met Betty Davis,
2: yeah I'll Betty Davis and I. <laughs> I was going to uh, Jimmy Cagney's retirement uh, party mm-hmm. at the Directors Guild because mm-hmm. I was writing for the Santa Monica Outlook of, of newspaper because I was <laughs> writing to make more money while I was going to USC. So I went there, and uh, um, I, I was talking to everybody, and I was talking to Ronald Reagan, complaining to him that they... That the Ra- Ronald Re- Reagan? Ronald Reagan. He was the president of the uh, Screen Actors Guild at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, they introduced me to him, and, and he says... Uh, how are you? And I said, fine. And he says, well, how do you think, the I said, I think it would be better if we had more black actors mm-hmm. uh, giving jobs an opportunity. He mm-hmm. says, well, Sammy Davis Jr. I said, well, he, Sammy Davis is not only black in Hollywood. And he says, well, it takes time, so just be careful. I said, thank you very much. And then someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, Michael, be careful. I'll be nice, because don't turn around and make a fool of yourself, because your favorite actress is here. I said, who? <laughs> Betty Davis. I went crazy. Her bag, her Amy Eisenhower, Mamie Eisenhower dress out to here. Beautiful dress. And I looked at her and I ran over to her. And I said, Miss Davis, Miss Davis. She says, Yes. Oh, Miss Davis. I'm young. I was like, old. Oh. And she says, Just become, what's your name? I said, Michael St. John. She says, Well, why don't we talk tomorrow or something? I said, OK. She says, will not you take my phone number? And the, and the dress, I said, "Okay." Looked in my pocket. I didn't have a pen or anything like that. So I ran and asked some of the waiters. I said, "Give me, please. You have a pen? Pen?" No one had a pen.
1: Cut away. And cut all <laughs> was furious, you know.
2: Except on one of the waiters. Yes. One of the waiters came over mm-hmm. and said, "Sir, here's a pen and a paper." I took the pen and the paper, and someone had spilled champagne on the floor. I slid. I slid all the way over to Miss Davis. i right in front of her on the floor. I said, Miss Davis, I have a pen and the paper. She says, oh, I see. let's do it tomorrow. Are you sure you're all right? I said, yes, Miss Davis. So that's how our relationship began, because after that point, she got me jobs all over town. How would you
1: like those Betty Davis
2: eyes? Oh, I loved her. I mean, she walked in the room. She was Betty Davis in the movie. I saw her in a, a p- film called The Corn is Green, mm-hmm. where she was a teacher, and she was an Irish teacher, and she supported this young kid who was in a, a minor, minor, young, 18, or 18 mm-hmm. like my, around my age, and uh, she encouraged him to study. They want to go to Oxford, mm-hmm. and that, that whole idea, whole, you know, that whole thing was in my mind, and I looked at her as that teacher. And I told her when we met the following day, or not, like two days later, okay. really. And we, I was in her house behind the Beverly Hills Hotel, and we had a great time. And she said, "I like you." I'm in Hawaii. Yeah, but I'd like you. I said I like you too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I was 18 years old, you guys. You know what I mean. <laughs> and so therefore after that time when she got me a job at 20th Century Fox. The mm-hmm. first black person to be in the, uh, the public relations director, you know, in the department. Mm-hmm. Richard Zane, Jr was there. She dragged me over. She was doing hush hush sweet Charlotte. Remember the film? Yes. She dragged me, and she's come on with you. I'm going to do mm-hmm. something. You're not going to be hungry very okay. long. I wasn't hungry, but she, in her mind, you right. know, took me over there and said, "Sign him up." So I was signed at Twain City Fox. They sent me to China and all over the place. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. They were doing the Bible uh, at the Twain City Park with John Huston, okay. and I got to know him and Cece, his wife, as well because of it. You know, okay. it was wonderful. I've been rather lucky. Yes, you know. Now, your book says that while you
1: were not in class at USC, you found time. To, you were found on a film set, observing and meeting stars or those who you thought would make it for you, like Sammy Davis Jr.?
2: Oh, yeah, all like of them. Otto Premon Young, uh, Ira Gershwin, when mm-hmm. they were doing his musicals and his brother George, and uh, all, uh, gosh, uh, Ann Sheridan, uh, you know, Ron Reagan, of course. Yes. You know, and he remembered me, that's what Don Trader yeah. looked at me, always smiled. You know? Teacher president. Oh, oh, yeah. And uh, oh, Spencer Trader, and Katie Hepburn, because when I was doing the desk set with Shirley Bruce, you did Hazel on TV. Got gotcha. you. Uh, she came backstage. She says, yes, you were nervous, aren't you? I said, no, Miss, Miss, uh, no. Never, never. And she says, yes, you were, Spencer, we are here, he would tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. And every time she saw me, she says, you're getting better. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I got used to her voice, her attitude. And I would, sometimes I was Betty Davis, sometimes with Katie Hepburn. <laughs> it was hilarious that people were making fun of me, like Juanita DeMore says, I know where you've been today. You know, mm-hmm. People like that, because Juanita Moore did Imitation of Life, and before she died, okay. let's include this. She was in um, my, my reading of my play, my pre-Broadway play, okay. I Feel Sin Coming On, was based on the earlier part of my book, How okay. Through the Back Door. And she, while she was she was almost 100 years old, De Moore was. And she said, I want to be in such a lovely play. Because she played the grandmother in the, in the mm-hmm. play. But she died during rehearsal. Oh, you know? uh, it was very sad. You okay. know, But she was also nominated for uh, Imitation of Life as well. Because oh, yeah. you know, we were all working at at Ebony okay. Showcase Theater. Okay. I'm sorry to talk so much. That's okay. You met one of the most powerful persons in Hollywood, Otto Preminger. Oh, he called me a snit and everything else. He thought I was in Fox. He kicked me out of it. He wanted to kick me out of his office. That he was at Twenty Sixth Street Fox mm-hmm. over there. And, uh, Ludwig, uh, oh yeah, I had an office over there. Yes. And so Helen and everybody. Uh, well, I met him in in, uh, in uh, New York, and uh, uh, and had a hopper as well mm-hmm. because when I was in uh, thirteen years old, and he remembered me because I was. Auditioning all over the, all the okay. place, and, when I, and I heard that they were doing Carmen Jones, and then it was based on the Broadway thing, of course. Mm-hmm. I decided to make an appointment, so I went to his office, and uh, says, "Yeah, what do you want?" I said, "Mr. Premature I'm here. Why? What do you do?" I said, "Don't you remember when I was in New York?" "Oh, you're the mouth, You were the kid that had the big mouth." <laughs> I said, "Mr. Premature let's get the business here." I, he says, "What kind of actor are you? I knew you sing." Fine, he, I said. Well, I'm the best actor in town. I was not. <laughs> 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 and he tried to kick me out, he says, "Well, I give you, I give you a, a script." I said, "Okay, give me the script." He gave me the script over to me, and I, he says, "Read the part of T Bone." I said, "T Bone, really? You know?" So I read it. He was amused. He says, "Ah, you are good. I said, well, You're not a bad director yourself. You can make me better, you know." And he want to kick me. Out. He says. What did you say? I said, well, you're a good director. I saw, you know, the things you're doing. It's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. <laughs> I was 18, 19 years old. I, you know, really? this 1953. you didn't see it until before. And he says, okay. He smiled and looked at me. And I said, What else? Where's my contract? It's a contract. What are you talking about to my contract? You just come here to read. I said, it's no waste time. Just sign the contract. I'll do the film for you. I know you wanna keep on going. No, I won't you start binging on the table. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but okay. uh, be, uh, just before you kicked me out of the office he says, I'd like you very much uh, I ask Helen to give you a call, you uh, will, well for to uh, stop you. You sign contract, maybe okay. stop you. I said, Fine. Okay. I came to the, uh, when they shot, he transferred from twenty fifty Fox over to RKO, you know, Howard Hughes is old. Yes. And when he got over there, I was over when he started shooting and rehearsing. I was over there every day watching. Wow. He got sick and tired of seeing me. Every time he turned around there, I was on the, on the set looking. And he tried to ignore me completely and Dorothy and Pearl Bailey and, and you know, and Cal and, what's her real name, they just died. Yes. Uh, the actress just died. De- Diane Carroll. Oh, Diane Carroll. Yeah, we were all together. Mm-hmm. Nick Stewart was in it, too. Yeah, Nick to Stewart, yeah. Yeah, and, all, and Brock Peterson. Mm-hmm. We were all together, and I was T-Bone, the pest right. of the whole group.
1: Were well, you in the movie Carmen Jones?
2: Yes, I did T-Bone. And so he, that was T-Bone. Yeah. He expected me to sound like Gaza But when I signed that contract, I was not Gaza he says, Where's the character? That he I said, I left him someplace else. I can't find Mr. Brimage. You are going to do the way I want. So he had Maximilian Slater, the assistant director, try to teach me how to sound black. So I was going around learning my dialogue, sounding uh, German or whatever he was from, you know, and mm-hmm. the part, of, you know, and that's and they. I had a lot of dialogue, but he started cutting out dialogue. He was like, "You can't use this, can't use that," and at the end of the day, he saw they, <laughs> yes. you know, the things. It was yes. hilarious.
1: So you did have some jobs, and then you met a lady by the name of Ethel
2: Waters. Oh, Ethel Waters sure. and I. Yeah, be, oh, I met him actually, Met her actually uh, at Ebony oh. Showcase Theater. Cause Is she, that you in the picture with her? Oh yeah, that's <laughs> me before a big fight on stage. And they, a, the whole thing of the saga of my time in Hollywood has been trying to survive as an individual who had his own mind. Mm-hmm. Could, I was influenced by their notoriety, by their fame, and I respected them. But I was in. T- as an actor, I thought at the time I needed respect as well. Yes. And Ethel liked my spunk, and she she met me at Evansville Showcase Theater. Mm-hmm. She, we got along fine. And then I was doing a musical called as Rainbow* with David Wayne. She was there on opening night and or uh, by well, the closing night. And she says, "I want to uh, uh, at the party." She came up to me. She said, "I like you very much." You know. She says, "I know who you are. I know mm-hmm. your mouth." She says, well, "I'm doing a revival of *Member of the Wedding*." And I said, "Oh, how interesting." And she says, I'd like you to play Honey Camden. And I was amused, and I said, I was flattered as well. Ethel Waters, iconic actress, let's face it. I said, okay. She said, well, give me a call tomorrow, but let me tell you something. The things you pulled on fingers, rainbow, do not pull it on memory. I am the star, (laughs) not you, Mr. St. John. I said, okay. Mm -hmm." So I called her, rearranged, and so therefore we got together after my run for a run with... uh, uh, Phineas Rainbow, yeah. and the rehearsals. She decided to sit in the audience because she knew the play for so long because she got you know Tony and everything else, and she wouldn't come up on stage to work with the rest of the actors. And I said, "Why are you sitting in the audience, Miss Waters?" She says, "What do you mean?" I said, "But you're the star. How can, you get, how can I give you the reaction that you think necessary to make the scene works? Yes. She said, "Oh, really, Mr. Saint John? Mr. Mm-hmm. She used to call me Michael when she didn't you know we was at next door. Oh, Mr. Saint John!" And she smiled. She got on stage and she got the reaction she thought it was it worked well, okay. and we got fine. And then we got the opening night, and then, yes, we got yes. the night. <laughs> and then she threw a chair at me on stage. Okay. I threw it back, and we became oh, the best. <laughs> uh, to some scandal friend. in Hollywood. <laughs> it was exciting. <laughs> Let's move
1: on because you would think that yeah. you have seen a lot. No, and know. you came out with a book called Hollywood Through the Back Door. Yeah. It's mm. a clean
2: back door, too. Okay. What's in the book? Everything. Not everything, because there's certain things we shouldn't talk about in public. But most of the things I think are funny, interesting, taught me a lot about survival, and uh, Mary Pickford, and people like that, and all the people I've worked with through the years. And in the Shirley Booth, she was a hazel on TV. And people like that, and Lena Mm -hmm. Horne, I pretended to be her son. That's so how I got my time in on, on Sunset Strip. You know, the gotcha. purple ending I opened. And they thought it was Ena, Ena Horn, so I was eating the son. Had Hedda Hopper New. But she says, I like your respond. I'm not going to put in my column, uh, but I'll give you a, a chance to grow. So I got a, a lot of chances because I decided oh, I was not going to be in Hollywood and just waste time because I felt life was too short. Okay. <laughs> right. Obviously, the book did well because
1: yeah. now they have edition three. Yeah. There's edition number three.
2: Oh, yeah. And they're, to, they're, they're developing now a, a miniseries based on the book. Wow. And this guy from the South, uh, who's on The Daily Show, Noah. Um, Noah. What's his first Trevor. name? Trevor Noah. <laughs> yeah. You'll <laughs> think about him playing my role, but they'll probably make it work for him and okay. his personality, et cetera. But they like the story, yes. and it's rather exciting. They'll have a lot of the shenanigans I got into, and, the, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's, most of it is there and, you know, when I was in China and, and Brazil, and the things I experienced down there. You know, really. So it's, it's going to be rather exciting, really. Okay, let me just read a couple of chapters that oh, you have in here God. a foxtrot of mixed emotions, a carnival of
1: clowns and footlights New York, New York, New York, another beat another dance step, an unholy alliance with James Dean. Life oh. begins to have yes. meaning, mask ball on many faces,
2: Rio Bagata, it's a mad mad world that goes on and on and on Wow, James Dean and I had quite a thing uh, during his period, and uh, we went through a lot okay. together, and I went through a lot with him and. Okay. Uh, and I had a lot of things that I didn't know about, in Morton, Pennsylvania, he, he exposed me to, and I was pretending I knew everything, you know, mm-hmm. but I was a little bit. I learned a lot. I grew a lot within a short time. Got you. you know.
1: well, how can we get a, a copy of this book? How can you Amazon it?
2: has it. Amazon? Yeah, and a lot of the places around it, you know, all okay. kinds But Amazon, naturally, is the easiest because you get it in okay. two days. All right. It's inexpensive, too, so don't worry about that. I see that
1: you're on the, we have a couple of f- photos that we'd like to let, let people see. Can you move to the next one, Tony?
2: There it is. Look at that picture. That's you on a new book. Oh, yes. It's uh, um, Oasis. It's, uh, it's a, the uh, spring, That's, I am not the winter or spring uh, issue. Uh-huh. And it has a lot of the photos from when I was a Boy Scout, you know, and okay. all the decent things I did. <laughs> 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 and some of the outrageous things as well, you know and okay. I'll be doing um they want me now to do a issue to do a special column about people like you and You do Uh, a column. Tell people about that column. You do it. Yeah, the Canyon News in Beverly Hills. Okay. I've been with them for 20 years. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it's it's exciting because I get mail and letters from all over the world. Australia, Mm -hmm. Iceland, Germany, um, England, you know, South America. Gotcha. And they... Because I try to write things that encourage people to follow their dreams. And don't depend on other people. Right. Once you decide you want to be something, do something, prepare yourself. That's rather important. Yes. And then you go out and do it. Next picture, sir. Who are these people? I've seen these people somewhere. Oh, one, the middle gal is your friend. Yes. Yeah, good Yeah, because she got put me on her show because of you, because you recommended <laughs> my being on her show. Yes. And we had a ball. Yes, Kirk Kelly next to you on the right hand side. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, their mouths were always open when I was talking. <laughs> I allowed them to speak a few words. <laughs> I like that you're allowed. Next picture, please, sir. There are producers of mine uh, working with me right now. That's uh, uh, Michael Plaster and Steve. uh Proctor, okay. and they helped me along with two other guys. i got to put their name because they expect to hear the name uh, of Sal Scorza, who was yes. Grammy Awards books. I worked with him, and uh, and Steve Proctor as well, and Michael Plaster. They all worked, the guys that I worked with for three years, wow. you know, with the award shows, the the music awards, the the, the Oscar awards, and things like mm-hmm. that. I did all the program books and the interviews with all the candidates the and it was exciting because they called me and they know that I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I got to let them know. And that's important to understand who you oh, are, yes. that you know what you're doing. And that's when you get respect. Right. You know, as a teacher, if you're teaching right. a class, your class has to have know and respect right. that you can give the answers that's necessary for them to, pro- to progress. Yes. And I make that clear no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. Michael, I hate to do this to you, but we're out, out of time, time now. Okay? No, no, you are out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> we got to
1: get you to come back. That would be lovely. I have one quick question for uh, uh, you. Quick question. How do you want to be remembered?
2: Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> As a guy who uh, spoke, was honest, who faced who he was and what he was, mm-hmm. was proud of it, and uh, who has opened the doors for other people who, who grew up the same way, possibly disadvantaged, and the only thing he had was his dreams and hopes <coughs> and uh, desire to be something away from his beginning. I think that's terribly paramount to survival.
1: Mm-hmm. Michael, thank you very, very much. Oh, by the way, may I have your right hand, please? Oh, really? You're going to get one of these. A
2: trademark. Oh, my God. Can, where can I spend at the drugstore Any Anywhere you want. We, we give it to people really? for good luck.
1: Oh, thank you, you so luck. much. I had th- really? people
2: who 17 years ago, I gave them one, and they still got it. So. Really? Yeah. Thank you. Well, Mae West gave me a pair of her drawers, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note.
1: Michael, thank you very, very much. You're to get <laughs> me today. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you are, Michael. Michael. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Go. Thank you very, very much. Well,
1: ladies and gentlemen, this is The Actors' Choice. And I'm your host, Ron Brewington. a studio of Javi Brandman. Photography as an art is proud to offer you a $100 discount of any photo package valued at $300 or more. Now, Harvey has been in the business for nearly a quarter of a century, and he certainly knows how to take care of his business and his customers. So please give him a call today at 818-954-9294. That's 818-954-9294. And please tell Harvey that you heard about his offer right here on The Actors' Choice. Haiku, style. Passion, Heart, it's the latest release from author and attorney Ron Irwin. The book was inspired by the author's first exposure to haiku well over a half century ago. Now, this experience produced within him a deep passion to experience Asia, which he later did as a U.S. Marine. The book is available in paperback at lulu.com. Now, Irwin says he'll give 20% of net book sales split evenly between the veterans of foreign wars and Vietnam veterans of America. Book to the Future... Time Travel, Message in a Capsule. It's a new book by author Larry Buford. It's a historical and faith-based account of how what we do and follow today will affect us tomorrow. The author also calls it an adventure for those who want to travel back through time. The book is now available in paperback for only $17.95 from Amazon. So please get your copy today. And now, a word from State Farm agent Carla Green. Roll it. let me ask you something what do you see when you look at your home in your car do you see a bundle a combo deal that's how other insurance companies see them but a state farm agent sees so much more because the state farm agent sees your home and your car is more than just four walls and four wheels they see the things you've worked really hard for so why not give them the protection they deserve let me help you with that give me a call State Farm Agent Carla Green, 213-239-9675. I
2: look forward to speaking with
1: you. Thanks, Carla. And like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For more information, call 213-239-9675. That's 213-239-9675. We'd like to welcome a new sponsor, An actor Space, with classes and private coaching by veteran actor Rob Brownstein. An actor Space has Thursday night classes for working actors and Tuesday night foundation and technique classes for early career actors. The idea is to build on each actor's strengths and who you are to help refine and reimagine your acting and your career. For more information, call class at robbrownstein.com. That's class at robbrownstein.com. Or you can give them a call at 323-646-1268. That's 323-646-1268. Thank you. And finally, if you have a product, a service, or an upcoming event that you'd like to see advertised on this program, please call 323-533-1036. That's 323-533-1036. Prices are very affordable. Thank you. This is The Act Choice. I'm Yoltron Brewington. Roll it.
0: Will you get in this car? BJ! BJ, you know, I really don't know what I was thinking about when I came here. BJ, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about? It. All right, then I'm not sorry. What do you want me to say? BJ, we can talk about no, this. No, you're wrong. We can't talk. Why not? Because we're different. What do you mean different? How do we be different? You're my son. Now, when you come back to the apartment, we will sit down and we'll talk. Right. You'll ask me if I'm hungry. Be sure I'll will are back. Will you give me a chance? Now, where are you going? Don't worry. I'll be back to bother you again. I want to talk with you. I want you to talk to me.
1: My next guest is a veteran from Sacramento, California, he currently has 84 IMDb TV and film critics. He's also an accomplished stage actor and director, and he's working on an upcoming program and project at the Odyssey Theater in Los Angeles as part of the theater's ensemble 50th anniversary, circa 69 seasons. Ladies and gentlemen, you just saw him on that uh, uh, cut we had there. That's uh, c- c- Congratulations, it's a boy from 1971. He was in that with Bill Bixby and Jack Abramson and a whole bunch of guys. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Daryl Larson. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, brother.
3: Thank Man, you. Man, that's a tough act to follow, Michael St. John.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we May West
2: it. gave him that. <laughs> Jesus. Well, don't bang on today. <laughs> I won't.
3: I won't. I, I learned my life. <laughs> so, glad it's so you. wonderful to see that scene with Bill. Oh, yeah. That was my, literally, it was one of those introducing Daryl Larson credits. Uh-huh. And um, from the moment we met, we were totally bonded. It was wow. completely a father son communication. Yes. He's one of the best actors through all of that that I ever worked with. Mm, mm, mm. Just incredibly
1: adept. Wow. I learned so much from him. Wow. In 1970, you got your first IMDb actor credit for a role, a film called Student Nurses. Yes, sir. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Takes you back a little bit?
3: Yes. I, I was dying of cystic fibrosis in it and had an affair with the nurse. <gasps> oh, okay. Um, that was taking care of me. It was a, Julie Corman, Roger's wife, uh, started a production company. Mm-hmm. And that was their first show. And they did a, a, a first film. They did a series of the student. Whatever's, Mm -hmm. and that was a great one. It was so much fun. Again, I learned a lot. Yeah. So, as a new, as they say, a newbie, a struggling actor. That's right. That's right. The actress's name was Elaine Giftos. Okay. Who played the nurse? Okay. And uh, she was ultra supportive.
1: All of them were. It was a great experience. Okay. You started working regularly. So, what kind of roles are you getting? And what kind of roles did you want to get? I often got uh, slightly troubled youth. OK, yeah, uh,
3: obviously wholesome, but also got had a, a dark uh, whatever it might be. I had a dark um, some problem inside me, a shadow. Right. I, I the first actual job on television was Marcus Welby. And uh, I had worshipped Robert Young. Father knows best. OK, yeah. there he is now. And he treated me. Very much, he took a fatherly role with him. We stayed in touch up to his death. He sent me Christmas cards and really believed in me. I worked two more Welbies mm-hmm. And then, uh, um, congratu- uh, con- no, I'm sorry, that's the other one. <laughs> All My Darling Daughters, mm-hmm. uh, which was a uh, TV movie with a sequel. And, and Bob was the, you know, the... The main person in that, the father with all these daughters who all got married on the same day. <laughs> but the significant thing in both cases was Eve Arden was in the All oh, My Darling Daughters. And Ann Southern played my grandmother in Congratulations to Boy. These are heroes and legends. Wow, Total amazing. heroes of mine. Wow. And again, Jack yeah. Albertson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to work with these people that were my idols and people that, who, who had technique like, you could not imagine what Ann Sutherland could do with a scene. Who was your agent? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Uh, Jack Fields, Jack Fields. Uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and also the generosity that every single one of these people showed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Diane Baker was in the Congratulations mm-hmm. Boy, and I was doing a drunk scene. And uh, at one point she came up and she said, you know, you really don't need to get drunk. To do, I said, "Baby, I'm sober." I mean, she was totally convinced, and that also was those sort of things really matter. I mean, she may have been joking, <laughs> but but she made me feel like I was really hitting it, mm-hmm. and that's always true. I didn't. I've worked with very few people that were not kind wow. and supportive all the all through the years. Wow. Yeah,
1: like I said up front, you have 87 yeah, active credits. A yeah, lot yeah. of movies. Lot yeah. of movies. <laughs> In 1982. You had the role of Luella's spy in a film called Francis. co starring yes, in that movie was a gentleman who became very, very special to you. His name was Sam Shepard. Yeah. A
3: legend, a legend, if anybody is. is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually met him in 77, mm-hmm. um, I, but I first read a play of his in 68. Okay. And at the time, I went, okay, this guy I want to work with, I want to do his plays for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Fifty years later, and right. I'm doing uh, his plays still. I did maybe ten of his, I think nine or ten of his, of his shows, and often he was there, mm-hmm. would give me guidance, and uh, he was meticulous and precise. You look at his plays, they seem wacky and kind of off the wall, but they were the opposite of off the wall. They were, even in 69, mm-hmm. which is when this play, The Unseen Hand, that we're doing it, was, was meticulous, and you 'll see though it's wild right. it goes a, it has a lot of different styles and uh, strategies, but the play is very focused on real things in this case, toxic masculinity, which is now the sixty nine he was writing about how can we escape from this male toxicity this mm-hmm. this this need in fact for violence and killing he uses western outlaws to to exemplify that we think of them as these Paragons, Gary Cooper and stuff, which is his favorite. Mm-hmm. But you look at it a little deeper, and these people are killers yeah. and robbers yes. and rapers. Yes. And so that is part of uh, this particular play and also the survival of the earth. we We are now at a place where we are
1: endangering our planet. And these you speak a little louder? Somebody in Washington, D.C. didn't get that point.
3: Though. Yes. Uh, we are destroying our planet, yes. and why? Yes. We're committing mass suicide in a certain way. We've got to figure out why. And this play mm-hmm. that he wrote in 1969 is dealing with those issues. And frankly, I did the play before in the last century, and mm-hmm. I did not get it. Now, after these, all these years and reading it 150 times, I really started to see what this play is attempting to do. Mm-hmm. And everything he did had a serious intent. Because, you know, when we go to plays, we go for two reasons. To be entertained and yeah. to be informed. That's why yeah, we that's do it. That's right. To be elevated, to mm-hmm. be uh, brought to a more human state. Mm-hmm. A, a more uh, a deeper understanding of what it means to be a human mm-hmm. being. You did a play called Mike's Murder. Uh, A movie, yeah, written and uh, directed by a man who was also a mentor to me and a surrogate dad, James Bridges, Mm -hmm. who also did China Syndrome. And he put me in that movie as well. But um, this movie he wrote for the people who were in it, Deborah Winger, myself, Paul Winfield. These roles were written for us and shaped to his understanding of me. Mm -hmm. And that's one where he really brought out the shadow in me. If I'd taken a left turn, I would have been this character, Pete. And he knew that. And, um, and he knew what, what, what uh, insecurity was in Deborah, that you wouldn't have seen in Urban Cowboy or Officer and Gentleman or any of that. And he got the magnificence of Paul Winfield, this absolute, he was an aristocrat, man. He was like Nelson Mandela. Yes. He was obviously yes. a king. And that was what was in that part as well. Mm. So that that's movie is probably my, that will be my best role ever mm-hmm. and it's now it's become a cult movie yes. people coming at me all the time on facebook saying that's my that movie changed my life <laughs> maybe you get sober and you know cuz there's a lot of cocaine in it a lot of <laughs> it's the 80s in hollywood right. so there's a lot of why are we drawn to that right. and uh so jim was a deep guy and uh i met him on an interview for the for the paper chase yes we started talking and and he walked me in my car. We could not stop talking to each other. And we never did until he died. Well, he still talks to me. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while he comes down and says, okay, man, you be you. Let him be him. You be you. And that was a profound uh, lesson for me in my life. Wow. Let people be angry and wrong. Or, you know, mm-hmm. They can't be wrong. It's their reality. So uh, he was a, And his mate was a guy named Jack Larson, Jack Larson. Any and relation? Paid Jimmy Olsen on okay. the Superman show. And okay. he was my other dad. Okay. We had the same last name. Yeah. And he, he died in 19... He died three years ago. Three years ago. And uh, uh, remains a profound influence
1: on my life. Got gotcha. you. Darrell, I got to tell you, man, this is, this is one of the reasons why we do this show. Uh-huh. We don't do an entertainment show. Uh-huh. We do a show about Edifying. actors. Edifying. Because yes. I love actors and Me actresses. Too.
3: So but did Sam. Yes. Sam knew everybody, and he knew the p- people that were the best mm-hmm. you know, in what they were doing, especially <coughs> his work. Mm-hmm. So, well, for instance, when we did uh, Unseen Hand, I mean, uh, Killer's Head in New York. Mm-hmm. Killer's Head is a play that is the curtain raiser for Unseen Hand. And it's a guy in an electric chair, blindfolded, sitting there wow. and waiting. But he, what he's doing is so Sam, he's making plans for the future right up to the last minute when they when they fry him he's he's staying in in life but what we did was i realized at a certain point everybody wants to be in Sam's plays and this is three pages all you got to do is learn the lines mm-hmm. we wheel you out in the chair there's no blocking and you sit there and speak so we got mm-hmm. Scott Glenn and Ethan Hawke and Stephen Lang and Arliss Howard and Ooh. Bill Pullman Ooh. and Dermot Mulrooney, all these different guys to play the same play but it's a different play See. depending on who it is. Scott mm-hmm. Glenn was an old guy who probably killed more than one person. Ethan Hawke was obviously a kid who... Something happened, right. but he's not a killer. Mm-hmm. Dermot Mulroney did it in New York. It was the only play he's ever done, and now he's doing it again here in L.A. Mm-hmm. Also, to, to, <laughs> that's the play he does in theaters. I mean,
1: in, in live. In live. You know? I noticed as I went through your INDB record, that it's been a long time since you've done a film. What, 2001? Ten give me a break
3: (laughs) I had done independent films and and I taught at Columbia for 12 years Mm -hmm. my particular area of teaching was how to direct actors for film and it's a particular skill and uh, I did several shorts with my students their particular project they'd ask me to be in it and it became part of the learning process too because um, I wouldn't correct them, but I say, okay, this is what's helpful to me. Right. This is what's useful. Add. Don't try to subtract. Add what it is, and I'll get what needs to be adjusted. And so you get closer to the truth then, instead of having to try to hit your mark or do what they want. The, uh, my perfect example is uh, the guy says, "Faster, cross the cross faster," and my feeling then is. I want to get to that woman that I need to be with. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's it's from a need. Mm-hmm. A need. Yeah. Not, not an assignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that sort of thing really became important to me. I also had I'd been auditioning since I was 17. Oh, yes. Gosh. And, you know, at the best. We the, call best, it the big a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, at best, you're going to get 80% of yes. I mean, you're going to get 20% of that Best. At best. Yeah. So finally, it wore, wore me down. We moved to New York. I just took a, Backed up, directed a lot, helped an uh, artistic director a couple of times for you know, you know organizations, and mm-hmm. um, and then I had to get out in New York, and uh, I mean I did a one man show while I was in New York about Doc Holliday, called The Confessions of Doc Holliday that I sort of put together. Doc Holiday Doc Holiday man, the Cal- and it, the, the yes, <laughs> he was a, a best friend of Wyatt Earp, but he was a dentist from the South, mm-hmm. from Virginia, so he came because he had the leuke- i mean uh, tuberculosis he came west for a drier climate and became a gambler and a killer but he, at the end of this play he dies the last he spits up blood and drops dead mid he's writing a letter to his niece who was a nun mm-hmm. trying to explain himself why his life went this way and so it's confessions gotcha. and so he's writing this letter through the whole piece and then in the last sentence he just drops before he even finishes it he drops. Bam. Yeah, so that's mm. the hardest. One of the hardest things I ever did. Wow. To have to hold a stage for uh, an, mm. uh, over an hour. Wow. So, uh, and I did it many times. I did it here in L.A. too, at a theater called the Met Theater. That Ed Harris and Amy Madigan, and Holly Hunter and Arvis Howard and Beth Henley and James Gammon,
2: okay. who was
3: Sam's, he played all of Sam's dads, and and Sam's dad was. Yes really uh, probably the most important person in his work. Mm-hmm. So all these guys, we ran a theater at uh, Santa Monica and Oxford together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam came down and did cowboy poetry with us one night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, uh, we stayed always in touch. He never said no to me. Right. I didn't realize until he died, and I was doing a tribute to him, mm-hmm. and which was live-streamed. You can still see it. In uh, yeah, 2017, he died of what? ALS, yes. Lou Gehrig's Disease, they were doing a, a revival of um, Barry Child, mm-hmm. starring Ed mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the way Ed and Sam met was we were doing a production of Cowboy Mouth okay. and um, I asked Sam, he was in town, I said you've got to see this actor, right. so he came down to rehearsal and went home and wrote Fool for Love, gotcha. so then he and Ed had a long t- term collaboration, as with me yeah. And uh, Sam, Ed said something really significant after Sam died. He said, You know, I never saw Sam doing something he didn't want to be doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that is the
1: essence of the guy. Okay. We're running on time, but before we do, I, I want to let people get a chance to see that this is a video of you uh-huh. standing, doing a play. Can you roll that, Tony?
3: This is called How It Happened, with apologies to Sam Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> I would see her in the hallways clutching her books and bind her close to her chest. Moving faster than most of the other kids like she was in a big hurry. Sometimes she would stop and giggle with some dumb chick and then move on her face returning to her usual expression. Solemn. Proud. A little scared. I'd scoop her hair blonde with a mist of red you noticed when she stepped through a blast of sunlight and man i would go after that flag of her hair like she was a calf bolting from the chute i knew it was stupid but sometimes i'd make a lariat gesture just for myself a little spin by my head <laughs> toss that rope over the heads of all those shuffling kids milling around
1: Excellent, sir. Excellent. Let me explain Excellent. real quick. Uh,
3: that was from a series called Backstory where the, you have a, th- uh, a, a theme okay. by the title of the play, and that was Fool for Love. And he had never explained, Sam, how these brother and sister got together right. uh, and had sex before they knew they were brother and sister. So mm-hmm. I try to explain it. Gotcha. So that's what that is. And, again, we're, The Unseen Hand and Killer's Head is a double bill open on January 18th at the Odyssey. Please okay. get your tickets. Can you show us that picture of the Odyssey there, Tony? There it is, the
1: Odyssey. Yeah, the, the
3: Odyssey is on I Sepulveda and Olympic. Mm-hmm. This is an incredible production uh, uh, that uh, has been a joy to work at the Odyssey. And what's your job on this? Program? I'm the director, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all up to me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have a really interesting thing we're doing on, with Killer's Head is a revolving group of actors just as in New York and Dermot Mulroney is mm-hmm. repeating his he's mm-hmm. making his LA premiere as a theater actor um, you can go to the Odyssey website and get tickets, it closes March 8th um, or unless it gets extended and I think it's going to be a, a real fascinating and edifying evening in the theater the price of tickets, how much? I have no idea. It's on the bottom down oh. there, sir? <laughs> $32 and $37, yes. and the previews are $15. Yes. And uh ticks for $10 available for Friday, January 24th, Wednesday, February 5th, and Sunday,
1: February 16th. Right. Odyssey Theater has been around for a long time. This is their 50th season. Yes.
3: And I've known them all this time. My goodness. So mm. we kind of started out around the same time when yes. we all, everyone realized wait, L.A. deserves yes. real, honest to goodness, mm. for the art theater. And yes. we've been doing it all these years. Wow, They have wine
1: nights. They have all kind of special nights.
3: They do everything. they. I mean he's kept, Ron Saucy has kept that theater going with the same uh, goal and, ass, and assignment mm-hmm. for 50 years. Absolutely incredible. I acted play with him a couple years ago called Dance of Death. And it's just, it's a joy to work there. It can be difficult, okay. as any theater process can got be you. tumultuous, and this has been. Give us the date one more time before we leave. It, it opens January 18th. Okay. And it runs to March 8th. And we got previews running up to that that are cheap. Come down, we need your help. Uh, we need your input. Um, that's the other thing about theater. The audiences are right there, you can You can hear him breathing, and that's extremely exciting for any actor. You need to write a book, my God. I'm writing a memoir, but it's, you know, uh, yeah, I've I've had a lot of, I've been in, I was in the room when Nelson Mandela met Muhammad Ali. In the room, as close as I am to you. Mm. I I did the 75th birthday for Desmond Tutu. I did the program for his birthday. Things like that have come my way that uh, I'm so grateful for.
1: I'd like to thank a good friend of both of us Lucy Pollack for bringing you out here. Lucy today. Pollack is the best
3: publicist <laughs> in I the know. biz. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yes. yes. Thank you Lucy. Thank you and thank you Darrell. Can I have your right hand please? Yes, you can. I have to give you one of these, sir.
3: Oh man, I'm never going to spend it. Good luck. You'll never I be need broke. I <laughs> always have something to do. That is beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you so very much, much
1: for coming today. Thank you. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Special thanks to our sponsors: Harvey Brandman Photography as an Art, Ron Irwin's Haiku Style Passion Heart, Larry Buford's Book to the Future: Time Travel, Message <laughs> in a Capsule, State Farm Agent Carla Green, and Rob Brownstein's Acting Training School and Actors Space. And much thanks to our guest today. Veteran actor producer Michael St. John and veteran actor Daryl Larson. And, of course, special thanks to our ever-growing audience. Be well. We'll see you next time.